Yes. Rob, are people greater sinners who bad stuff happens to? That's the question I'm asking you. Yes, they're terrible. Is the sinning causing the bad stuff or is the bad stuff causing the sin? We're confused. What's the question? Like, bad stuff is causing sin. Yeah. So it's just like, what is your preconception of when something bad happens to somebody? Is like, do you judge them? Yeah. Oh. Or are you judging them? All right. So, um, so here's a question up here of a more serious nature. Uh, what is, um, what do you think are, are people greater sinners who bad stuff happens to or not? Okay. So this would be like, if something happens to someone that's like bad, is it their fault? Right. Or somehow their fault or not? All right, I'm so excited to hear the answers. There's like good, some pretty good discussion on what you think here. All right, so uh, back table, what you think? Are people, so this is kind of like what your visceral reaction is. So not like what you want to answer, but like what you actually think. <laughs> no. All right, no. All right, you want to elaborate? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were saying like no, but like there are times where like if you do a crime and the result of that is jail or sure. like you sin with like i don't know like doing drugs or something and it results in health issues yeah okay absolutely yeah yeah okay excellent all right what about back here so we said no because like Job didn't become a worse person yeah okay good i like scripture backing it up how about over here Hmm. Yeah, that's really, that's insightful. Yeah. Like, whether it's like for good or bad, like I think like, sometimes it's like, oh, we've been like sinning, the Lord's not going to like bless me or give me what I want, or if right. I've been acting like in our eyes like good, then like the Lord's going to give me. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we, we do think that. What you guys think? Um, Keith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we basically said that like, like the bad that is in the world is from sin, but like just because something bad happens to you doesn't mean it was directly from your sin. Yeah, good. I mean, you guys have some really good answers. So um, as we're thinking about uh, that question, we're going to look at um, Luke chapter 13. And the scripture here is dealing with uh, kind of four ideas, right? So, so like the biblical teaching of judgment, like where, like where does that come from? What uh, how do I need to think about that? Evil, sin, and repentance. So judgment, evil, sin, and repentance. Okay? So here are some things that the Bible teaches about those things. And so I want you to, yeah, just listen and to see if that's something that you have thought about in a while. Because I think this is what Jesus is trying to get us to think about when we look at the scripture this morning. So judgment. All right, so this is what the Bible talks about judgment. So apart from repentance, men and women will uh, perish uh, ultimately, okay? So without, apart from repentance, men and women will perish. So that talks about judgment, all right? And that all men will face judgment regardless of, um, regardless of who they are and when they were born. Um, uh, the, uh, all right, so for evil, uh, what we call misfortune or evil is a fact of life, right? So things happen, right, in this world. Um, and so as it relates to that, that that is true of, uh, of our world. 
uh, regarding sin, right, that, that's a universal condition, right, that as I see myself, right, that I'm not better or worse than anyone else, but that is what uh, I struggle with just like everyone else. Um, and then greater sin is not responsible for what happens to people. And so this is what Jesus is going to speak into that just happens. All right. So would anybody disagree with the fact that we live in a world that is not as it should be? Anybody disagree with that? Okay. So here is where we get uh, kind of the, the parts in play. All right. So we build bridges, right? Walls, airplanes. Uh, we live by the water. We live by fault lines. Uh, and volcanoes, uh, there are inherent dangers in these things, okay, when they fail, right? So airplane, mechanically it fails, it falls out of the sky, right? Volcanoes erupt, fault lines rub together, we have earthquakes. Bridges, right, fail if there's no maintenance to them. Walls fall down, right? So despite our engineering, to the contrary, like we do everything we can possible, right, to stop, right, reality from coming in, but we are not invincible, Okay. How many of you uh, struggle with feeling like you're invincible? Anybody else besides me? Okay. But so as Americans, I think that we are, we most struggle with this fact, right? That we have things that, um, that we expect out of life and calamity is not one of them. All right, so let's look at uh, chapter 13 of Luke. And so um, verse one, And now on the same occasion, there was some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. So we have these people that wander up to Jesus and they're kind of sharing gossip with them. Hey, have you heard about this? And I'm wanting kind of your response. And so what has happened is uh, uh, Galilee is where Jesus is from. It's like, hey, have you heard, right? People from Columbia, like this happened to some people. Um, that uh, Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate, who's the governor um, of the area, has been doing some pagan sacrifices, and he took some people from the region of Galilee and included them in the sacrifices. So he, he committed human sacrifice, right? This is never good. What they're saying is that they're telling him about that. Hey, did you hear about this fact? Okay. Now, just like the doom scrolling that I do, why do you think that they're asking Jesus about this? And anyone can answer. Why, do they, why are they coming? What are they seeking to kind of understand about nature and reality? Hey, did you hear about this? Why do they tell him? Why do you think? No wrong answer here. Okay. Yeah, or make sense of it, right? So we're just like, okay, what are you, Jesus, what are you going to say about this, right? It could be anything. Hey, there was uh, a couple ran off the bridge last night. Like, what, what am I supposed to think about that? Or X, Y, Z happened. Like, what am I supposed to think about this, Jesus? This is something that we do every day, right? As I'm looking through the thing, like, why are these things happening? All right, and we go to verse, verse 2. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans are greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? And we do this, right? So some of it, um, some of it I'm actually sure why, but I think we can, if if we kind of introspect a little bit, that there's something that makes us feel a little bit better at, if we can explain away, right, that, well, the consequences, you know, 
their actions bore consequences, right? Or uh, that there's something going on there that I'll never know about, but that, that there's this sense of justice that, because I don't want that to happen to me, and I want a reason, right? How many of you have been touched by tragedy? All of you, right? And what, what, what was your thought process about, well, that can't happen to me before that happened? Right, that that will never happen to me. I'm never going to do anything, right, that is going to uh, necessitate, like, the thing that I, I, is my worst nightmare to happen. And yet, it happens to all. And so I think that that makes us really nervous, that if I can kind of suffer uh, suffer consequences of this world. I don't want that to happen. And so we're left hanging. So he says, uh, verse 13, 1, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them a question, pushing into that. Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners? Verse 3, I tell you no. Right, so all of you answered correctly, but it still doesn't move away from the uneasiness that we feel. Okay, so I said the right answer, but I don't like that answer, do we? And he goes on to say, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And so this is him reminding us, right, of something that we don't want to be reminded of as it relates to ourselves and others, that I'm not promised tomorrow. And so whenever I'm faced with that dilemma, right, what do I do about it, right? What is my response? He goes on, verse 4. Are you supposed that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem? So the one before, right, that evil was committed, that they were kind of chosen, and so we're assuming maybe, maybe God's doing justice. But here we have more of a natural, uh, a natural disaster, that there's a tower that through disrepair for whatever reason just falls over and as opposed to there being no one under it, there's some people, okay? And so Jesus, taking their kind of evil example, takes his own kind of innocuous example and it says, well, what about these guys? Is it any different for them? Because we might answer differently, right? But then, just so we're sure, verse 5, he says no. And he answers exactly the same way. But unless you repent you will all likewise perish. And so it's at this point, right, that we're saying, how mean? Like a friend who kind of gets to the heart of the matter, right? You're trying to talk to something about just like general, and then they kind of zing you, <laughs> right? You're complaining about someone else, and then they bring up the thing that you do, right? You're like, oh, no, I, I wasn't ready to like deal with my stuff today, right? Right? Can you imagine, do you think that's what the people wanted when they ran up to Jesus asking his opinion? That they were going to bring it back on them? So I'm going to tell you, the, the most sober, best feeling that I have, this is going to sound really, really weird, is when I go to a funeral. I want you to discuss why, how many of you have been to a funeral? Okay, I want you to, uh, I want you to, uh, to talk around Shay real quick about why that sobering reality might be one of the best things you'll ever do, okay? So just think, if, if that's not, I'll explain to you why I think it is, but I want you guys to talk about it. Why is going to a funeral one of the best things? That... All right, so why is a funeral one of the best things for you as it regards to perspective? And you probably 
didn't feel like that, but as I've gotten older, I, li I like it when I, when I go. Not that what's happening, but just that, um, anyway, I'll share in just a second. So, yeah, so Jack? Well, you and I talked about this the other day. It's, you know, you get to hear somebody's story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like a celebration of life. And you might take things away and you hear what you really know about going in. And, and, you know, it just gives you a flavor of appreciation. It absolutely does, yep. Somebody else? I've been at funerals with some of you. <laughs> Aiden, what you got? Mm -hmm. She gave you a list of chores. Yep. And then just you kind of put it all yep. what you wanted. But then it's that sobering moment of like she could be home at any time. That's right. <laughs> I haven't done what I needed to do. That's right. Right, she texts you, I'll be home in five minutes. <laughs> Is the dinner, you know, did you pull did you pull out, did you thaw out the chicken? Did you like, oh crap, like what how much stuff could I do in the next five minutes? I've been caught. How about over here? Okay. Yeah. All right. How about you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, the issue uh, is that um, like death is a reality, and I think so often we we think like that's what we're trying to avoid, right? That's what we're kind of scared of at some level, um, but it is a reality, and so I need to be reminded right, that life is short, right, that, hey, this person died, so, like, I'm going to die one day, and so that's good for me. Do you make better choices when you're reminded of that or when you're not? Right, so because we're Americans and we expect everything good, right, we especially, of all people, need to be reminded of this. The second thing is something that Jack said is that what did they say, even if the person maybe was a non-believer, what did they share about them, right? The things that are actually important, regardless of the person thought that they were important, they remind them and try to pull out like little nuggets where they maybe that person saw what was important. But if you go to a faithful man or woman's uh, funeral, I've never, I'm never so motivated that someone, while they were living, chose to, to major on what was most important when they could do anything. And it's at that point, right? It's at that point that that gives us such joy that you come out of there and you're like, that's how I want to do it, right? Have you ever been to a funeral like that? Man, I don't, I don't know about what I'm doing right now, but I want to live a life. I want them to say that about me, right? But yet we live in the reality of I've got a long list of things to do, Mom's coming home. She may or may not text me. <laughs> and that's how we live. We are too busy, right? All Jesus' stuff is at the bottom of the list. I got my stuff going on, right? And I'm just hoping that I've got tomorrow. And so it's in this kind of place that then Jesus actually turns the tables on us, right? And then tells us a story that is seemingly completely unfamiliar, <laughs> about where our head's at. Let's, let's look at verse 6. And he began telling this parable, And a man had a fig tree which had been planted in the vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have become looking for the fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. 
Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. So I want you to see this actually is not that weird of a story. Um, how many of you have ever tried to grow anything? Just anything. Flower, a bush. You have, you've lived at a house where there was a flower or a bush? Yes, okay. <laughs> All right, what does mom or dad, if they go out looking for tomatoes, right, or looking at like the scraggly bush, like what do they do? Like, hey, if it's not producing, what do you do? I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to plant a new, a new shrub or a new plant, right? If there's a shrub that's looking scraggly, well, I cut it out and I plant new ones. See, we, we internalize this, and, we, and he means us to, but at the same time, from the gardener's perspective, it is totally legit, Right? Like, that makes total sense. If I plant something, I expect fruit on it. Amen? Okay. So, so when, but when I'm faced with this, right, I go all introspective. <laughs> I start thinking about, well, where am I with this? And, that, and, that's, and that's true. That's right. And so I want you to notice a couple things here, and then I want you to, um, to have one more point of discussion, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. So here's four, a couple things I want you to notice. That the tree was planted in the man's vineyard. The man planted it. Okay? He said, I want this bush here in my garden. Okay? Secondly, the point of the tree's planting is to produce fruit. And we all agreed that makes total sense. That the point of this tree existing is for it to be healthy and for it to produce fruit. Number three, the man patiently comes to check for fruit again and again. It wasn't like... It wasn't like he gave it a week, <laughs> right? The, the, the tree's planted, I'm coming back, and I'm just casually looking for no fruit. Okay, I'll come back. I'll come back. But he's been doing this patiently for three years. And number four, there's a warning given, right, to, uh, to essentially the bush that this needs to be fixed. Like, if I continue to find fruit on it, this ain't good, Right? So just like if, the, if my, if my uh, terrible-looking bush out front of my house had feelings, you're right, we want to say, hey, buddy, you're not looking real good, and so if you don't kind of shape up, you know, you're, you're going to be replaced. Okay. So we've got this juxtaposition. We've got, okay, I don't take things as seriously as I need to, right? That's my struggle. There's always, I feel like there's always time, Okay. And so as it relates to our relationship with Jesus, right, that everything uh, comes in front of that. And God is kind of graciously like mom if she were to send a text five minutes before I get home. Hey, Aiden, um, I'm actually going to be home and it really matters that that stuff is done. Okay. So this is God's grace to us. He's trying to help us understand this is where you are, that you may be a fruit, a, a, a bush with no fruit on it. And I want you to understand that like that matters. And so I need you to figure out where you are with this. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that it matters. And so if there continues to be no fruit there, like, you're, like mom's coming home soon. And there's going to be consequences to that. So I want you to talk around your table a minute about uh, the difficulty, but the grace of knowing, right, what's expected of me, right? But also God telling me what's expected of me. Does that make sense? Because mom can just come home and just, you know, whip herself into a frenzy. Why was this not done? I, can, you, I gave you a list and you had plenty of time to do it. And right. She's done that to you. My mom has. 
But the grace of the text, right? You do this sometimes with, with, your, uh, with people in your life. You've done this before. Hey, just heads up, I'm coming home. And so again, I want you to talk real quick about the, what's difficult, right, about what I, how I struggle with the list being done, right, and God's grace telling you, hey, the list needs to be done. Okay, so talk about that for, for just a minute. What's difficult but good about that? All right, so mom hands you a list. What's hard about it? Like, what, what, why do we bristle? Here, I'm going to be gone for a while. Expect this to be done. Why, why don't you like that? We want to do our own thing. We want to do our own thing. I've got things to do, mom. I've got shows to watch. I've got, uh, I've got other activities. <laughs> what else? Why don't we like that? Why don't we like the list? Carilla. We don't want to be told what to do. Absolutely. Same? Yeah. That, yeah, it requires effort. We live in a world that requires little to no effort, right? We've gotten used to it. Think about, again, the folks had harder lives here, but the issue is still the same, right? Like, I want to call the shots here, right? I want to decide when I'm done. I want to decide X. I want to decide Y. All right, so that is what is hard about the list. What is good about the text? Why is mom loving you well, or dad loving you well, or brother loving you well, sister loving you well, when they send you the text that the list is coming due? What would be gracious about that? True. I mean, it implies that they want what's best for you. They want you to... Yeah, yeah. They want you to, like, <laughs> get the attaboy. Or at a girl. What else? Why is that good? I said, like, to Abe's point, if you didn't pull the chicken out of the freezer, it can't be thought out in five minutes. It can't. The things that the Lord wants us to do can't be done, like, in the blink of an eye. We can't, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. Like, those things take time and practice and going back to them. That's so helpful. Um, Has anyone ever done the things on the list? Just, like, one random time. Anybody ever... Like, raise your hand. Yeah? Tell me about that. How was that? Didn't it? Was she surprised or excited like that it was happened? Yeah. Right? It's like they, they gave you this list, expected it to be done, maybe said when they were going to be home, and yet when it's actually done, like, they are so excited. Right? Isn't that so funny? Why is that their reaction? Think about that for a minute. Because it never dawns on us, right, when we're, when we're poo-pooing, like, ugh, I have other things. I don't want to do this. That's, that's right, what we're saying. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And yet we love the, the encouragement, right, the adulation, the attaboy fist bump when, when we actually do it. But that's not what we think of. We're not trying to please mom, are we? We're trying to do the minimum. Why? This is so key. Why do we only try to do the minimum? What is it about mom that we know? She's loving and gracious. gracious. What happens if I don't thaw the chicken? Well, we just eat later. 
right? And that's what I think. Ah, who cares? I, I really want to play one more game. <laughs> but God is telling us it matters, guys. Okay? There's a time at which point, like, it's done. Like, you don't get any more time. Okay? That you, that we need to see that although God is gracious and he sees his gracious, there is a point at which he stops being gracious because your life is over. Right? Like, it's done. Like, that's all we get. And so, you notice that when people have a, have like a diagnosis, right? When they have like a clock is ticking, right? A hundred percent of those people like get to it. Have you ever been in a children's hospital? Well, kids, I'm not trying to make you overly emotional here, Um, but it's really interesting. So there's ones that are absolutely scared, right? But when you see the resiliency on those kids' faces, when they know that there's an end point, but what they then do to kick into, well, life starts now, like real life starts now, when I understand that I've got an end point. And so this is the most gracious thing ever because not only does he want to point out that we have an endpoint, but he wants us, right, to be favored of him. Like he's excited. He wants us that when he comes, that list is done and he is excited because the list is done. Right? And so why I love going to funerals is because it is so hard for me every other time to see what needs to be done. Right? And that is the grace that God is giving us today and these people when they come with some innocuous random question. Right? He turns it on them and like, I'm going to use this opportunity to make a point. And so as often as you will allow yourself, because it's, it's, we, we like to distract ourselves with things, but the more that, that we embrace the sober reality... Right? So he, here's an example of something that I've had to embrace. So... I am fair-skinned, okay, and of a, a certain complexion, <laughs> and, um, and I have to, uh, I, things, uh, without being, too, things grow on me that may not grow on other people, to put too fine a point on it, and so every year I have to go get a check, and this doctor checks me from head to toe, and looks at, because of my particular susceptibility, Right, that has to check me from head to toe to see if things are there that shouldn't be there. Because if he, if he finds them too late, then that's really bad for me. Okay? That is my reality. Like, I, I can't wish it away. <laughs> like, this is like, I, I can't go out in the sun. Like, I, I've, I've got to do the whole dad outfit. Like, big hat, long sleeves, maybe a hood. Like, when those things came out, I was like, yes, it's cool to cover up. <laughs> But, but every time I go, right, it's a slow, it's, it's this uh, consistent reminder every time I have to put on uh, sunscreen or wear a shirt because, like, that is where I am, right? That is my reality, and it doesn't, I can't wish it away. That's just how it works, right? And so if that's funny to you, you're like, oh, I, I love getting out there and getting toasted, you know? Rob can't stay out there for five minutes. This is true. So... Um, so what do we do with that, right? How do we have a better perspective, right? Uh, and then how do we uh, deal with these truths? So I'm going to end and you'll have uh, just a minute to debrief. So here's the, the three points that I want to leave you with. The first one is that fruit is the mark of a believer. 
period. All right, there's no other information, there's no other caveats. So that means that's true for you, and that means that's true for your friend, and that means that's true for the people in your family. Like if, like that is true. Okay, fruit is a mark of a believer. Now a lot of times we think about this idea of, um, of faith as like this thing I did one time, right? And so Ephesians 2.10 tells us, right, that uh, it, is through, it is by grace through faith, right, that we come into a saving relationship with Christ. Faith is the means, right, but fruit is the point. Why has God saved us? It's not to give us a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? It's so that things can, people can enjoy the life that he intended for us in the garden, Right? So that actually makes more sense that he intends, you can't do the list apart from me, but I intend the list to be done. And so I saved you so that you could start doing the list. Does that make sense? So that you would do what I intended you to do in the first place. And so fruit is produced through the exercise of obedience that comes from any situation where we exercise faith. And so here is where I want to leave you. I want you to, to just talk around your table just a minute about, so like, what do I think about that? Right? Rob's given me uh, lots of things that I don't like to think about to think about right this second. But, but how do you need to respond to that? And here's the thing that he says, right? You have fruit or you don't have fruit. But he says, leave it, leave it be. Let me dig around it one more time. And here's the piece, what it looks like for Gardner to kind of to do what he says he wants to do. Hold off. He's going to take a shovel and he's going to expose the root system. He's going to dig it out so that the roots can be seen. And he's going to put some fertilizer in there so that there's nothing between them and the roots. Okay, and then he's going to water it. Right, he's going to say, this is what, if this doesn't work, there's no fruit to be had here. But I'm going to do everything in my power, right, to tend to this, to do the one last thing to see if fruit is produced. And I want you to see that that is God's heart for you, right? Regardless of what you're doing now, doing or not doing, he wants you to remember that he is for you, right? That he is for you, but you've got to get with the program, <laughs> okay? So I want you to debrief with that. What do you think about that? What is your, uh, what is your reaction? Then I'll close this and we'll get out of here. All right. What are um, yeah? What are some what are some thoughts that you guys had around the table? I heard some heard some good thoughts. How about over here? Maybe like best of. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think prayer, like just being in spiritual community, is like that can encourage you to try to figure out what those things are. Yeah. So Ariel shared, you know, step one is like, what what is on that list for me, and what are some things maybe I need to take off, like that need to be included in my list that aren't included now. That's good. Um, yeah. Back here. <laughs> Which. Which good thing to share? Yeah. Uh, we, I guess one thing we talked about 
Yeah. To sort of, I guess, do do things the wrong way, or you just like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, work ten times harder to try to make myself, you know, love God or do the right yeah. things. But like the problem, if you don't have fruit, is that you don't have faith. Right. And that's what you really got to deal with is like, what are you trusting in? Because that's the only way that. Right. Yeah, one of the things that we talked about over here is the thing that we always do where we haven't, we've neglected the thing that's been important to us and we see that it's about to die, right? And then we go over and we try to like give it all the water <laughs> to fix it because we don't, we don't want to maintain it. Uh, you know, fill in the gap, like everyone has something like that, right? That it takes, it doesn't take a long time, but if I understand that what it takes and I just do that, right? That it, it stays healthy, all right? How about over here? Good thought. Caleb. I think it's just like, it's like not taking advantage of like the time you have. Mm-hmm. You know, just like realizing you don't have, like you don't know if you have later. Yeah. To spend the time with God or whatever it might be. It's like that constant reminder that your life could end like, and it no longer happens. Yeah. Uh, you can, so one of my favorite people, I've never met this person, it's an author that's really uh, near and dear to me, he died about 10 years ago, but they actually have a, um, a YouTube clip of his granddaughter uh, talking about him. It's, it's her eulogy, there's several people that talk, but it's her eulogy. And she's probably 10 to 12 years old, cute little girl. And she's talking about her grandfather, and she just has nothing but effusive praise for him. And the thing that she says, he's like, here's, here's what he always told me. He said, um, he said, you know how you say, like, give them, give them heck or give them this, you know, football game. He, he would say, give them heaven. And so the, and this is the thing that he instilled in her is this understanding, right, that we don't kind of decide for God one time in the past and it doesn't mean anything to us, but that he, he came into our lives to give us heaven right now. And so this was, this was his rallying cry for her, right? And she's sharing this with him. This is the thing that she took away, right? The, the thing that is most important in this life is this. And he shares it. And, and I, I love that juxtaposition because we've got a man's death and yet we're celebrating, right, what he instilled in her, that he got it, right? And that she got it and that she's trying to share with everyone else that this is what life is about. And so let me uh, share this last verse, and then we'll, I'll pray for us, and we'll close. Matthew seven sixteen through 20. I want you to hear this, right, in an encouraging, fatherly uh, tone, okay? We can read this just like we can read this parable like God's yelling at us, okay? He's not doing that, all right? So I want you to hear this as, as a gentle, fatherly tone, soothing and encouraging, He says, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Let's pray. Now, Father, there are so many uh, emotions that we can have with this subject. Father, we, um, life is hard and we feel inadequate. Lord, there's so many things that we don't, 
do well or have neglected. But unlike not taking the chicken out to thaw, right, some things have more consequences to others. That's how you made it to be. Father, I pray for everyone um, that is here today, Lord, that you would give them uh, the favor, Father, that they would um, that they would understand this perspective, Father, that life is short, Lord, that you've given us specific stuff to do, and that you're there to help us do it, Lord. That the, the the list is not burdensome, right? It's life giving for myself and others. It's a better list of things to do than if I were to write my own list. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us see that list as good and right, and that you would help our uh, kind of the scales fall from our eyes that selfishness breeds, right? That the only good thing is for me to do whatever I want when I want. And Lord, you have told me so many times that when I get my way, I'm not real happy about it. It's not what I want because I don't know what I'm doing. As a father today, thank you for the, um, for the encouragement of perspective. Lord, that you are for us, and that's all that matters. Lord, get, allow us to give grace to ourselves, but to quit being wasteful. And Father, start living the way you want us to. So we, we ask these things, and we expect them, Father, in the name of your holy Son. Amen.